From the DMZ to the NATO front, this is CRN. Kirshner Lightning Round Podcast. I am your host. <laughs> we are in episode 164, finishing up week 163 of the illegitimate, fraudulently elected Ding Dong's tyrannical reign. And we have 247 days until the next presidential election. Gold is currently trading at $2,052.02. Silver is currently trading at $22.65. Here we go. You just have to flood a country's public square with enough raw sewage. You just have to raise enough questions, spread enough dirt, plant enough conspiracy theorizing that citizens no longer know what to believe. Once they lose trust in their leaders in mainstream media, in political institutions, in each other, in the possibility of truth. The game's won. Those are the words of the puppet master himself telling you, me, the country, the world, exactly what the left has done. Not only did he flood the public square with a bunch of junk, he instigated a culture war, which is still tearing this country apart. He wholeheartedly agrees with Killary that half of the country is, fits into this little box, this little basket of deplorables. He thinks the country is systemically racist. His husband, Big Mike, it feels the same way. So what are we supposed to do to get control of our country again? Well, the first thing we got to do is stop electing Democrats to Washington. They're 99% of the problem. With their agenda and the crap that they're pulling, whether it's at the border, it's the alphabet mafia agenda, climate change wonks coming out of the, coming out of the woodwork, what is our country supposed to do to get whole again. Well, to me, the first thing I would do is more or less reignite the grassroots campaigning that was done during Barry Obama's uh, push for his second term with um, all of the various patriots. And people that love our country, that saw what Barry Obama did in his first four years in office. And it needs to be restarted, reignited, and, and given some nods. We have got to find candidates that are willing to put their life on hold 
for two, four, six years, you know, one term as a senator or two terms as a senator, two or three terms as a, as a member of the House, we've got to find people that are willing to endure that mess of, of throwing your hat into the ring of public life knowing that they're going to go over your background and your financials and your job history and your social media with a fine-tooth comb. I can't do it. I can't. I would love to do it. But I can't. There's no way that Dave Kirshner gets elected in the state of Ohio with <laughs> the things that I have said in my podcasts the things that I have written in my books, they're going to slap the prepper, com conspiracy theorist, uh, election denier. I mean, you pick a label and the left is going to try and muzzle me with it. Could Dave run against Sherrod Brown? Legally, yes. Would I want to put my wife and kids through that? I think they'd be okay with it. Could I actually get elected, though? That's a greater question. I've made no secrets about where I stand on a great number of topics. Is that going to resonate with the people of Ohio? Probably. Is it going to be a turnoff for others? Most definitely. But how do you heal... This country, when you have a former president saying things like that just two years ago in the middle of his protege's term in office, saying things like that about the town square. I just... He started this culture war and then he just went off into the sunset after his second term, hung out with his husband out on Martha's Vineyard. This is how I know the left is so full of it. If you believe in climate change so strongly, why are you spending $20 million for a beachfront house on Martha's Vineyard? Why are there no details about climate change and sea level uh rising warnings and stuff like that on on land deals and prospectus down along the coast because it's crap you know how i know it's crap because we now know that uh, jp morgan and blackrock so, well jp morgan's in this simply because of what they did but blackrock along with the World Economic Forum, the UN, the WHO, the CDC, our own government, they've all been pushing this climate change BS. I know it's BS. I've seen the data. I've talked to you about it. I even have a link to it on my website. But then you get information like this. J.P. Morgan Chase and BlackRock are dropping out of the UN Climate Alliance. They were backing a losing horse and decided to cut their losses. 
They see what is going on in Europe. The EU taking its orders from globalist elites, the World Economic Forum, the UN or the EU itself, they went after the farmers. Europe is on fire, literally and figuratively. They, they being the farmers, are still not satisfied. Everybody thought, okay, they're going to take their tractors and go home. Nope. They rejected the EU's concessions. They were like, no, no, we're no. You're going to roll this crap back. All of these laws, all of these things that you've tried to take away from us, you're going to take them all back. They're shutting down the borders between Spain and France. And they're really ingenious in how they're doing it. They're dumping truckloads of African produce and goods on the border. They're saying, no, no, this is Spain. You're going to put Spanish-grown and made products in Spanish stores. This is France. We're going to have French-made goods and products in our stores. We're not going to allow you to undercut us with these cheap African goods or Asian goods, whether that's uh, packaged foods or, or cheeses or milk or wine or even, you know, just other items in the store. If it came from a foreign country, these people are dumping it. They're dumping it in the streets. They're blocking borders. They're putting it in shredders and flinging it at government buildings. The EU buildings in Brussels, oh my, you should watch a video of that because, bang, the EU police force was out there trying to keep these farmers at bay and the farmers literally just fired up a bunch of tractors, ripped down all their fences, ripped down all their barricades, and they, they being the EU forces, they literally tuck tail and run. There was an EU truck that came up and challenged a tractor. And the tractor just lowered its bucket and pushed it into the front of the truck. And so they were going head to head and then the tractor guy, the, the farmer and the tractor just throttled up and pushed the, the EU truck backwards. And then Whoever was in that, that EU truck fired off the, the water cannon at the cab of the tractor. But the tractor was enclosed, so nothing happened. <laughs> it's crazy town. And it it the the speech that I played for you is how the globalist elites felt about us, thought about us. Um, and and they've been they've been in that mindset for a decade. Well, they finally figured out where that line in the sand was, where what was the bridge too far. But now there's momentum in Germany, 
France, Spain, England, Ireland, the Netherlands, Poland, pretty much the bulk of the Europe, European continent. All of these countries have pushed back and they are not going to be silenced and they're not going to take it anymore. Not only are they not going to swallow what the globalists and the climate Nazis have been shoveling, they're going to, they're in the process of forcing them to roll it all back as if it never happened. There are nuanced differences in the protests in each of these countries. Uh, but by and large, it's, it's the climate, uh, uh, protocols. It's the, the, reversal or removal of some subsidies. It's the massive addition of surcharges and taxes uh, for the various fuels. It's the mandates telling them that they can only farm a certain percentage. It's the mandates that, you know, they need to cull their herds because of climate change. And so these farmers have said, no, Screw you, we're not doing it. We're rapidly approaching that same point here in the United States. And Canada, I don't know how Trudeau is still in power, but more and more information is coming out about him and his administration and the lengths to which they went during COVID for him to institute his father Fidel's policies in Canada like his dad had did in Cuba. So he's got he's got a lot of answering to do in Canada. Now we're finding out that Mexico is in cahoots with the human Roomba and his administration to give him a a a visual win in stemming the flow of illegal immigrants as we approach an election. But as soon as that election is decided, they're not going to hold back the, the illegal immigrants anymore. We've got massive fires in Texas. We've got, uh, I think they said 13 or 15 million chickens died in a massive barn fire. They're still going after our food supply. Bill Gates is not happy until you're eating his lab-grown meat. We've got everything that all indicators are that some entity, likely the U.S. government, has, has used direct energy weapons, either from satellites or planes, to set fires in Chile and in the Hawaiian Islands. The Hawaiian Islands is still stuck in litigation because the people that own the land are not selling to these they, they want to condemn the land in Hawaii so they get so they can use eminent domain and turn the land over to a developer and the Hawaiian uh, people are are fighting back so it's a it's a mess and you've got Dwayne the Rock Johnson and you've got Oh, what's her name? Uh, Oprah out there shilling for a uh, a charity to help the people of 
lanai, um, but not donating themselves. There's video evidence in Chile and in Hawaii. Uh, anything blue apparently didn't get damaged, so that's why people are thinking it's the lasers. There's and who knows if it's not if it's AI or a doctored image or video, but there's plenty of of photography and video evidence to show something coming down from the sky and lo and behold where it hits land suddenly it's on fire is that a real video has it been doctored i don't know but that's the stuff you can find online it's crazy town every single thing that we are seeing from the farmer protests in Europe, to the, uh, f the the food industry fires and strange happenings at farms for the last couple years, the odd stuff that's going on at our border, in my opinion, all of it gets tied back to Barry Obama and his husband, Big Mike, and that speech. That speech, to me, was a signal to the rest of the world that the United States is ready to play its part in the, the, the Great Reset. That's how I'm starting my show, folks. That's how I'm starting my show. So let's get into some of this other stuff. All right, well, you know, <laughs> pick a topic. Where do you want to start today? Uh, we've got uh, our border. We can talk about our border. Let's just start there. We've got uh, a University of Georgia student was murdered. Both uh, presidents, the currently installed illegally elected uh, idiot in chief he made a trip to the border and he stood there with all of his green shirts the green shirts mean Customs and Border Patrol federal agents Trump went down there and he went and hung out with the brown shirts the brown shirts is Texas Border Patrol The whole thing, they, they're all doing it for optics. And they, you know, this is a, this is the, the, the country's probably biggest political hot potato since Roe v. Wade. Nobody seems to be able to fix it. Because if you're on the right and you try and fix it, you're inhumane. You're a Nazi. You're a fascist. You're a, you're a, demonic oh, you're a dictator and if you're on the left you'd have no interest in fixing it because you need more votes to stay in power but the 45th and 46th presidents were down at the texas border uh, stumping and campaigning and giving speeches uh We've got the Arizona DA telling 
Alvin Bragg to kick rocks. We're not giving you your prisoner back because you're just going to let him out. Well, guess what? The illegal alien that killed Lakin Riley at the University of Georgia entered our country illegally in 2002. Got arrested for injuring a child shortly thereafter. But guess where he was arrested and then released from? New York City. Why in the world would Alvin Bragg make a mountain out of a molehill when the Arizona DA denies his extradition request when we have this kind of news flooding our airways. An illegal immigrant who previously hurt a child and was released by the Democrats in New York City with their sanctuary BS, the illegal immigrant somehow made his way to Georgia and killed a young lady who was out for an evening jog. Or a morning jog, I don't remember which. But the point is clear. The left has no intention of fixing the border. And the right can't seem to figure out how to do it without coming off like a bunch of demonstrative dictators. Then, you got Trump. Trump said, I don't care. We got a problem. We got to fix it. And he has come out and said, on my first day in office, I'm going to seal the border, stop the invasion, and on day one, we will begin the largest deportation operation of illegal criminals in American history. I, I, I don't think Trump cares what the left has to say. What is the left going to do? They're going to come and attack him for being inhumane? Our citizens are dying. They're being mugged, shot, stabbed, raped. And these criminals know that if they do it in a sanctuary city like New York City, Seattle, Portland, San Francisco, L.A., they're going to get released in fairly quick order. And then they're just going to go someplace else. The guy that's being held out in Arizona, he killed a a sex worker in New York City, stabbed two women somewhere else, and then eventually made his way over to Arizona. You remember all the illegal immigrants that were flipping off the camera because they beat up a bunch of cops? Well, guess what? Four of them wound up in Arizona. Yeah, I'd tell Elvin Bragg to pound sand too. I wouldn't give him even the time of day. But this is Trump being Trump. Look, I'm under no illusions that Trump is going to get into office and fix everything, but he's going to fix a bunch of it. Do I think he's the second coming or the Messiah? No, I do not. Is he better equipped than anybody else on the right to deal with this problem? Yes. The only other person that could handle this would be Texas Governor Abbott. 
But here's the problem. Texas Governor Abbott's got his detractors as well. Because where was he in the illegal immigrant crisis before the human Roomba was installed into the White House after they stole the election? He wasn't being very vocal, and he wasn't doing too much, and he wasn't calling up the National Guard, and he wasn't reinforcing the border. Why wasn't he doing this type of stuff before the potato got in there? That's the question I would have for Texas Governor Abbott, an Arizona governor, New Mexico governor. What were those three doing before? The idiot-in-chief got installed into the White House. Why weren't they taking steps and precautions before? When they had a president in the White House that was going to support their efforts, why weren't they doing more? Why are you waiting till now? Well, it's an election year, that's why. Optics. Politically, political expedience points. That's it. But then you got Trump. Trump doesn't care. He's like, I'm going to say what I want to say. We're going to shut the border, and we're going to have the largest deportation operation of illegal criminals in American history. That reminds me. Through the miracle of editing, you don't know that I just spent the last five, six minutes looking for the article I was that, that, that I was reminded about. It was an interview between the actress America Ferrer, Ferreira, Ferrer, and uh, Barry Obama, I think, and she was this glib little snot, and she was like, well, I don't call them illegal immigrants, I just call them citizens, and, and blah, 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 you know, and she was on her little leftist agenda, illegal immigration, you know, soapbox, and she was praising everything Obama did for dreamers. You know what, I got no problem with some of it, okay? But we have got a serious problem, and we need to solve it. Toot sweet. Because this is getting ridiculous. Uh, next. All right, so one of the longest serving senators and longest serving uh, Republican leaders has decided to step down from his uh, minority speaker in the Senate, Mitch McConnell. And I had an article, I don't know where it went, but um, it, was, it was basically an article talking about, um, you know, don't be too quick to dump on the turtle, Mitch McConnell. And, you know, when I saw the headline, I was like, ding dong, then I read this article. And the author goes out of his way to say, I don't like Mitch McConnell. I don't like, I've, I've constantly been up against him um, when I was in office and, and, you know, he said, but you have to respect Mitch McConnell's ability to ignore the white noise and play the long game. And as I read the article, I, I felt my jubilation uh, changing over to or, or migrating toward um, gratitude. Was Mitch McConnell perfect? Did he make all the decisions that I would have made? Uh, no. 
He did not. And he was not. And he is not. However, through the Turtles' stewardship of the Senate Republicans, he managed to shepherd through three Supreme Court nominees in the span of Trump's first term, which basically packed the court six to three and gave us the overturning of Roe v. Wade. That same court has now picked up Trump's appeal as to whether or not he's eligible to be on all the ballots in all 50 states and territories in the country. In spite of what these idiots in Colorado and Illinois and Maine are trying to do. And Mitch McConnell was also uh, at the forefront of getting not one, but two impeachments through the Senate with votes and did not get Trump convicted of an impeachable offense. So you have the Supreme Court, you have two impeachments, and you have all of the other judicial appointments all up and down the lower courts, whether they're appeals courts, um, district courts, you name it, and they packed the judiciary. And they, they it's almost like McConnell was waiting for a president like Trump to ramrod in all of these conservative judges, not just on the Supreme Court, but through every level of the judiciary. They packed the judiciary across the country. That doesn't happen without Mitch McConnell's leadership. Should he have retired a while ago? Yeah. He probably should have retired in 2020. To be honest with you. But he didn't. And so you're kind of left with this shell of a man who doesn't look like he's functioning on all cylinders. Um, but he's stepping down as the uh, minority leader, minority speaker um, in the U.S. Senate. He, he had a couple other good accomplishments, things that he got done because he had this innate ability to not care what people were saying about him. He had this innate ability to just tune out the white noise. His sole responsibility that he did quite well was to wrangle and shepherd the Senate Republicans. Everybody from a Mitt Romney to a Liz Cheney to Murkowski and all of the oddball characters that are in the Senate as a Republican right now. He, his sole responsibility was to keep them in line, in check for as, as, as much as possible. And in that regard, he was successful. So, while I am full of gratitude for the things that he did accomplish, while the, the speaker of the minority or 
majority of whatever was going on at the time. He did a lot, but man, he rubbed a lot of people the wrong way. And so I think it's great that he's stepping down. We're getting some new leadership, somebody younger. But that brings me to another topic, which is a, a, the, a top house Republican um, named uh, Mark Green. He's a Republican from Tennessee. He's the House Homeland Security Committee chair. And basically, he got Alejandro Mayorkas impeached. And he was like, okay, I, I've done my job. I'm out of here. I'm retiring. Well, he's now reversed that decision because he was supposed to retire on February 14th. But no sooner did he make that statement as he got phone calls from colleagues, constituents, and President Trump. And pr President Trump basically went out there and said, please don't do this. We've gonna, we're going to have to fix the border when I get reelected. I need you in the House. Please don't do this. Um, and Trump actually wrote on True Social, Mark Green has had lots of options because of his political talents and the great job he did as a congressman, but given the fantastic work he's doing as chairman of the Homeland Security Committee, I hope he runs for re-election in the U.S. House of Representatives. If he does, he has my complete and total endorsement. So you know what? Mark Green had a conversation with his family, I would imagine, and said, look, my constituents, my colleagues, and President Trump are asking me not to retire or or." They're asking, he's, they're all asking me to run for re-election. They want me to stay where I'm at and do what I'm doing. And I guess the family gave their blessing because he's decided to run for re-election in Tennessee. And I, I think that that says a lot about the people of Tennessee that reached out to Mark Green and said, no, don't do this. We need to keep as many Republican seats in the house as we can we've got a border problem we got to fix we need you in place and he listened his peers in the house were like no 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 don't do that don't do that don't do that please don't do that and he listened and he took you know all of the advice in and then and then trump reaches out and is like look no you you need to be there we need somebody proven a known quantity Somebody that's already in the right committees, in the right positions, as the committee chair of the House Homeland Security. We need you in that position doing the job that you are capable of doing. And he was like, okay, I'm going to stay. So Mitch, Mitch McConnell is not retiring from the Senate. He's not up for re-election, and he hasn't made a statement on that. So he's, I think he's up in four years. I think he just got re-elected, maybe two years ago. So uh, I'd have to look, but he's at least two to four years away from having to, to make a decision on whether or not he's going to re-up uh, and go for re-election for Kentucky. But in the meantime, he is stepping down from his leadership position as the uh, minority speaker in the Senate. Mark Green said, I'm retiring, and then came back and said, okay, I'll go for re-election. The seat was just going to be empty if he retired on the 14th. It had sat empty. It would have sat empty for six months. 
because I don't think Tennessee would have filled it. But maybe they would have an emergency resolution or something. I don't know. It's crazy town in D.C., man. Moving on. All right, and lastly, we actually have some breaking news. Um, the Blaze News investigative writer, Steve Baker, has been charged with four misdemeanors, and then they, get, then they handcuffed him and did a perp walk for misdemeanors. Well, you know what he's been investigating? January 6th. And my guess is he's getting too close. So now we're arresting reporters who are reporting on things we don't like. Is that right there, Sleepy Joe? So Steve Baker getting arrested and handcuffed and perp walked for four misdemeanors associated, I'm assuming, with his investigative uh, journalism into January 6th uh, comes on the heels of... Catherine Herridge, who formerly was of Fox News and I believe went to NBC or CBS, she was let go from that organization, but not before they confiscated all of her files. And she was being held in contempt for refusing to reveal her sources about the Chinese-American scientists investigated by the FBI. It's crazy town. Blaze News investigative journalist Steve Baker, who for years has been searching for the truth, about January 6th and believes the U.S. government has been targeting him for it, on Friday was charged with four misdemeanors related to his January 6th coverage at the U.S. Capitol after turning himself in to the FBI in Dallas. The charges are knowingly entering or remaining in any restricted building or grounds without lawful authority, disorderly and disruptive conduct in a restricted building or grounds, disorderly conduct in a Capitol building, Parading, demonstrating, or picketing in a Capitol building. They're misdemeanors. So what? It's like a parking ticket. Baker learned of the charges for the first time Friday, and earlier this week told Blaze News that the powers that be wouldn't tell his attorney about the charges because they believed Baker will post them on social media. He's a freaking reporter! What'd you think he was going to do? Baker's Dallas attorney, James Lee Bright, added that added to Blaze News that withholding the nature of the charges against the client was a really unusual move. Bright told Blaze News that he's disturbed about what's happening with his client, especially given that Baker has been in full compliance all this time. Bright also said the federal government, three plus years later, going after people who were legitimate functioning journalists that day, appears designed to have an absolute chilling effect. Yeah, yeah. Don't report on anything the Democrats do, because if you do, we're going to prosecute you. That's what that is saying. That chilling effect, that's, this is what banana republics do to their press. They muzzle them. It's what Zelensky did in Ukraine. He muzzled the press. Banned it. Forbid it. This week, this show... It's off the rails, man. I can't, I can't seem to get my head in any one particular topic. It's just like, uh, I'm, I'm, it's like I'm watching a, a ping pong match or something. It's, it's like, oh my god, what was going on over here? Well, oh my goodness, what happened there? And blah blah blah. Ugh. 
This is very weird for me. Normally I'm on my game, but this one, this show is just bouncing all over the place. You just see my inbox, man. It's like, uh, oh, Yemen wants a world war. There's actually, they're packing town squares in Yemen. They're saying, we don't care. We want a world war. We don't care. We don't care. Um, uh, Texas, they, they've used shipping containers and concertina wire. And what do you know? They've secured the border at Eagle Pass. That's crazy. Um, Mitch McConnell stepping down. This one caught me off guard. Biden makes unexpected trip to Walter Reed for a physical. But then you read the next article and he was like, oh, well, he went in for his annual physical. Well, which one is it? Did he make an unexpected trip? Because there's a problem, meaning they're setting the stage for him to be removed from the ticket? Or was it his annual physical? And during his annual physical, I know for a fact his doctors are lying through their teeth. They're saying he's in great shape for an 81, soon-to-be 82-year-old. No, he's not. And he won't take a cognitive test because he'll fail epically. Hunter Biden testified this week. I did not involve my father in my business. Lie. We've got your laptop, you crackhead. Lying under oath. Got to save 10% for the big guy. And he's not talking about God. This wasn't a tithe. This was a kickback to his father for letting him use the last name Biden. Crap. It's total crap. Uh, let's see. Oh, federal judge sides with California gun control groups and challenge to ATF ghost gun rule. Uh, that's an article for uh, the, the Kirshner Files. We'll talk about that one on Wednesday because that's, you know, feels more appropriate to go talk about that one there. State attorneys general say more than 85,000 children are lost at the border. They don't know where they are. Great job. Impeachment skeptic calls on Harris to remove Biden via 25th Amendment. A lot of people are trying to get her to do that because he's out to lunch. I, I don't know. Just There's so much stuff going on. Fanny Willis. Oh, my goodness. The things coming out of that, that investigation and her text messages. Good grief. I just, wow. That's, woo-wee. You should read some of those. I can't say them on the air anymore because I don't use that kind of language. All right, um, I don't know. This this show's crazy today. There's too much to cover. My head's still spinning. I can't make heads or tails of it. I tried to get some of it, so hopefully you're paying attention. Uh, or at least I mentioned some topics. Maybe you want to go look them up on your own. <laughs> All right, we'll be back next week, uh, midweek, with another preparedness show. And um, uh, we'll go from there. I, uh, I'm going to try and sort through some of this, and, and I don't know. My... It's just spinning. Everything's spinning. All right. Uh, that's it from me. So uh, we'll talk to you guys next week. Be good. Stay safe. Keep your head on a swivel. I'm out. Happy Hunger Games. And may the odds be ever in your favor. Mm-hmm.